Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Well, you know, first of all, I think the league did a really good job of uh, giving coaches and athletic departments an opportunity to, to get to their kids um, as quickly as possible. Twitter still beat us by about 15 minutes, but uh, at least we had the meeting set before it broke. Uh, but it was a very difficult meeting. <laughs> Uh, always, you know, it's just on Zoom for us, basically. You can't get the kids together that quickly. Um, but, you know, it, it, at least it was uh, a decision, right? And, and we did get a decision. We had a little bit of um, an idea of the direction that we can move now when we weren't going to play. And so we discussed it. And then yesterday we, uh, you know, had another team meeting where we sat down and, and discussed, you know, where we're going from here. And we can formulate a plan. And we know we're going to come back August 31st. We know we're going to uh, take a couple weeks to get adjusted back in school. We know we're going to up our academic load um, from what it would normally be in the season, and we know we're going to start an off-season program in the middle of September. And that gives us some direction for the kids, for the coaches, and quite frankly, everybody. So it was it was as, as sad a news as it was and heartbreaking news. It was still news that allowed us to be able to move forward. That was Gary Anderson, uh, head coach of Utah State, on with Hanson Scotty earlier today. We also uh, carried a press conference in the 1 o'clock hour with Utah Athletic Director Mark Harlan. His fallout continues from the Mountain West Conference, Pac-12, Big Ten uh, cancellation of fall sports. Uh, we got some news today about the Big 12. We'll, uh, we'll get into that here in a moment. But uh, the big thing from uh, the press conference with Mark Harlan that stood out to me uh, is the shortfall, Gordon, he said it's going to be about fifty to sixty million dollars in a ninety million dollar budget. So essentially, nearly two thirds, or possibly two thirds, of the budget is uh, going right out the window. Yeah, that's this is the this is the real downside is the, the the effect it has on people's lives as far as their employment, as far as you know activities, opportunities, those kinds of things, and that's difficult. Uh, but the good thing is that. I guess if you're looking for a good news thing, next year you go right back to getting the same amount, don't you? Um, get, getting the same amount. Sorry, Gordon. I uh, they, they, you, you have, your budget goes back to where it was, doesn't it? I mean, shouldn't it? If you're making the same amount that you would have made under normal circumstances this year, well, that is for a perfectly you know run athletic department that was prepared for a pandemic. And I don't know, I don't know how many fall into that category. What, so, what do you do to make up for that kind of thing? Do you do you you borrow, borrow funds? Do yeah. you what, what do you what do? You yeah, do the Pac-12's already that? talked about that. They they're going to make funds available to borrow at uh, what was? Do you remember the interest rate, Austin? It was three percent or something along those lines. There's actually some scandal uh, behind who they're going to be borrowing from, kind of Larry Scott's buddies, but three point seven five percent. So. I mean, you're you're gonna you're gonna pay that fifty to sixty million dollars uh, in some way, shape, or form, and it's ten yeah. years, by the way, to repay repay that that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't. Athletic departments basically spend every dime they make, unless they're BYU, who has we've we've talked about their financial habits many times. But most of these athletic departments spend what they make and then some, and so just to have two thirds of a year disappear in thin air, I mean, that's gonna have. My opinion, Gordon, maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm being too far down the road with this, but that's going to have a significant effect for at least a decade. 
Like what kind of effect? What are you looking at? It, let's say you do borrow money. I, I don't know if schools are going to have to do that or not because some of them have some cash on hand. So let's say you have to borrow some, but you pay that back over the next number of years. How how big a dent will that have? Because the University of Utah has money available to it now that it's never had before. So what did it do before? Well, it had a smaller budget, Gordon. I mean, their budget grew. They didn't just put that money away. They right. spent that money. And you know how you grow a budget? You spend more money. Right. And so then the <laughs> no, seriously, if you have yeah. money left over, the budget goes down. Exactly. They're not they're not designed to be Scrooge McDuck and put money into a money bin. They're designed to spend what they get. And and they spend, in the University of Utah's case, on top of what they make from the Pac-12. 15% of their budget comes from the state of Utah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, and ironically enough, that's part of the budget that's probably left, right? If we do the math a little more, you've got that 15% from the state and a little bit more. I I guess the point is that if they could get by before on a smaller budget, can they get by temporarily on a on a slightly smaller budget than they did before? I mean, relative to the Pac-12. Well, I mean, part of the problem is you know back in the Mountain West days, Witt was making five hundred grand. And this is just one example. I don't mean to pick on Witt, but what's he making now? Three, four million bucks. Something like that. Yeah. And the coaching staff is the same way. They were paying Morgan Scally a million dollars before they docked his pay a month ago or whatever that is. Sure, Andy Ludwig somewhere in that neighborhood. I mean, this is the stuff we're talking about. So, but, you but know, to run lean. People, but when people hear that, Jake, they think, poor baby. You know, I mean, they think, you know, we, we got hardworking people, our listeners to our show, who are out there busting their hump, making forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a year or less than that. And they, they hear those kinds of numbers and they think, can't you – Manage that for a brief period of time. Well, and then go go uh, back to what you're what you what you're used to. Well, with coaches, sure, but they're just the high profile of what we're talking about. I'm giving you an example of what takes up Utah's budget. the The casualties right. of this are going to be, yeah, the coaches are probably going to take some furloughs. Gary talked about that uh, when he was on with Hanson Scotty. I'm, uh, I know Larry Kraskoviak is already. A giving back portion of his pay, I would imagine Witt will probably follow suit if he hasn't already. But the the casualties, Gordon, are the the training staff and the support system that is built over there that takes up a portion of the budget. It's they spend a million dollars on recruiting, right? All those people that they're paying to do that sort of thing, those are the people that are going to be casualties of belt tightening. It's far more than than coaches. The coaches are going to be fine. Right. And I think when people hear that there are individuals who are being hurt by this, that's what really gets them. But there are other things that um, those monies are used for, facilities and things like that, that might be able to be temporarily cut back, right? Well, now you're cutting back facilities for the players. That was one of the few things players had left. Well, yeah, but it's a facility. It's a building. I know. Or it's expenditures that are, are... put forth for maybe some creature comforts, but those are things that maybe you can get by without for a brief period of time. Hmm. Well, I mean, I'm sure Mark is looking for suggestions, but unfortunately in these situations, from what I've seen, now somebody can, can tell me different, but the easiest thing to go is employees because buildings have to be maintained uh, and, and it's the lower rung employees 
You know, if to be honest, I w- the only people safe up there on the hill right now, I would say, are are Harlan, Witt, and Larry Kraskoviak. Everybody else is probably sweating it a little bit, I would guess. Do you think this is, again, I'll get back to my original question, do you think this is a temporary thing that will be quickly remedied after one blip on the radar? No, I don't think it'll be quickly remedied. So this is way more than a blip on the think, radar. Do you think Utah's going to cut sports? I wonder. Uh, I hope not. I, I really hope not. And you still have Title IX to worry about, so you know, you've know you got to make it even. So uh, cutting sports, you've got to you know, cut equal amount of scholarships between men and women, which makes it a little bit more complex maybe, but I don't know. Or or at the very least, you know, you tell the golf coach, you say, hey, guess what? You don't have a job anymore, and we'll hire a new golf coach when this is all over. And I don't mean uh, to pick on the golf coach. That's just the first example I could think of. See, that's the one that gets – nobody nobody wants to see anybody lose a job. Well, unfortunately with this, lots of people are going to lose a job. I mean, if it's fifty to sixty million for the athletic budget shortfall for the for the Utes, and that's two thirds of their budget, it's probably pretty safe to say that's fairly applicable to most uh, Pac-12 athletic departments, right? I mean, but, but but here's my question with about what you're bringing up here with these personnel. I mean, Utah had a golf coach before they were in the Pac-12. They had a golf coach before their budget was greatly increased. But the, the, it's the it's the sharpness of the downfall, Gordon. It, it just went to zero. The faucet went from on to off overnight on March 11th, whatever that infamous like day And you feel like the University of Utah has nothing in reserve? I don't think so because that's not how it, it works. Well, I mean, define reserve, right? I mean, I, I'm sure there are budgeted items that could be moved around, right? Do you want to stop construction on uh, the, the stadium in order to save jobs? You know, so I'm sure there's there's budgeted items out there uh, that you could move some money around. But but like I said, it's not it, they don't have like a, a piggy bank. What they don't use in their budget, Austin's totally right, goes somewhere else. Maybe there's rainy day funds for these athletic departments. I don't know. I'm not Utah's accountant, but right. I know for others, you know, if 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 Cal had a rainy day fund, they would have used it a long time ago. Yeah, but Cal's situation is I mean, what they did with that stadium was. But they're not alone. I mean, they're 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 really not alone, and just because their circumstance is more dire doesn't mean that it's not really really real for universities that were more prepared. Well, yeah, but if they're, if they're more prepared, then they're better suited to handle this. I mean, you. But it doesn't it, make you, them immune. Rice Ricycle Stadium is paid for, right? Uh, by bonded probably. So they probably have to cut through some red tape to put that money somewhere else. I I, I just I, I don't I don't like to see people lose their jobs, and I don't want to see sports cut. And if you have other ways to make it so you can preserve those things, and there are there's fat that can be cut out of there. I mean, I, I and again, I'm not I'm not saying that this isn't a a big deal. It's a big deal. I get that, and it's heartbreaking, maybe uh, very inconvenient. For certain programs and certain things that they got going up there, but for one year, I, I could see that if the football program was wiped out for five years or a decade. You, I mean, you might be absolutely helpless. But for one year, you should be able to absorb that. Our friend Trevor Maddich on Twitter the other day compared it to what happened to SMU, the death penalty. 
the death penalty. See, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not following that logic because this is a one-time thing. Well, so SMU was how many years could they not play football? It was just one, wasn't it? I'm not sure. I don't remember. So, or maybe not even that. Didn't they just take all their scholarships away? I don't know. I'd have to look into it. But yeah, I know that sure, was yeah. the that was the comparison that Trevor was making the other day on Twitter. And not to mention, we'll see what happens if the other leagues do give it a go and uh, all these Pac-12 players flee to where they can actually play and what extent that happens and that, how that sets back programs. Just a disaster. All right. Uh, Gordon, let's talk a little bit about the NBA because some news was released today. As we know, uh, guests will be allowed in the NBA bubble after the first round of the NBA playoffs, and we found out a few details about guests being in the bubble. You ready for these, Gordon? Yeah. What qualifies them? Uh, Well, first of all, four guests per player, but can be exceeded for children. So if you've got a few kids, they're not going to make you Sophie's choice. Like, <laughs> sorry, Junior, you're staying home alone. Chickens. Feed the dog. They should have made them do that. Oh, uh, my gosh. Think about if they had to do that. That'd be rough. I, I mean, you, you probably wouldn't do it, right? Uh, uh, guests can travel on team charters following testing. Guests will be allowed to attend games. Um, the, what the, team charters are they talking about? You know, the, the planes that teams charter. Oh, yeah. I was just thinking that the teams themselves aren't going anywhere. <laughs> no, I think it's like, you know, when the Jazz fly from town to town, they can use a charter, right? Oh, that'd be nice to be able to jump aboard. And there's a bunch of uh, of of isolation protocols uh, that are set. You can isolate for three days in the home market and then four days in the bubble or, or seven days total uh, in the bubble. But here's, here's some of the limitations, Gordon, okay. that, uh, that you were asking about. Yeah. Uh, because obviously uh, family, you know, or, or girlfriends, that sort of thing included. Uh, but any individual the player has not, met, uh, not previously met in person or with whom the player has limited in-person interactions will not be granted access. And how do they define limited personal interaction? That's a good question. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, the, the league cites a hypothetical example of a person who would not be allowed in as someone known by the player only through social media or an intermediary. And what's then, an inter- what's an intermediary? Uh, like, a buddy, you, you, a, a like go-getter, you, a gopher. You you know somebody who knows somebody. That that kind essentially, of thing? yeah. Like, okay. hey, you'd really get along with my sister. That sort of thing. So, no NBA <laughs> players are going to get catfished by their long-standing uh, online-only relationship. No, Lene Kaku is allowed. Yeah, okay, right, right. exactly. Uh, and then also on top of that, no uh, professional uh, associates allowed, like agents, trainers, massage or physical therapists, personal sh- chefs, and tattoo artists. Not limited to those, but those were the occupations uh, that were named. Uh, in addition, each player is allowed one ticket per playoff game for a guest, plus an additional admission for a child 32 inches and below. Which kind of made me laugh because in, in the sane world, when we name like an age, but but in Disneyland, of course, they have to do it by measurement. You must be this tall to enter the bubble. <laughs> right, exactly. And in this case, it's an advantage to actually be shorter, not taller. Right, I guess. I, I guess. So 36 inches or below. Okay. So you can bring a small child, I suppose. And, you know, NBA players, they don't have tall genes where their four-year-old <laughs> is three feet tall already. Right. 
<laughs> oh, wait. Oh, wait. Yes, they do. Uh, Gordon, your, your thoughts on the, the uh, guest restrictions there in the bubble? I understand what they're doing, and I understand what they're trying to, what they're trying to uh, keep under control. Which is? Know. Yeah, which oh, is? What, what are you, you alluding know. to? They, they, they only want people coming in who are close to the individual players. Well, define close. Well, I mean, they don't want strangers coming in. They want people well, who, who, the, who the players know. You know, there are a lot of people in 2020, Gordon, that get close online. <laughs> well, apparently the NBA is not buying it. <laughs> this, this, what a what a what a ridiculous world we live in that we're even having this discussion. Can, is right? It, is it possible for a player to invite, um, like a family member and a friend? And now that would complicate matters, wouldn't it? It could, could do. Well, I don't know if you'd have the extra hotel rooms to separate friend from friend. It's called the Rich Rodriguez rule. <laughs> the, the players, the players, don't they have to pay for the rooms? I have no idea. I think they have to pay for the additional I, room. See, you thought that. I thought it was the NBA. And that'll know. that'll stop these multimillionaires. I, they won't pay for a second <laughs> hotel room. I, I thought well, that's okay. What, let me ask you about this whole thing. Do you think that the the guest precautions have been strictly followed up to this point? No. Next question. <laughs> I I would doubt it. I don't know. Do you but think I doubt there it. has been leakage in the bubble? Oh, don't use that word. What a terrible. <laughs> word. Oh, no. Jeez. Do you awful. Think, and you're awful not my word. doctor. Yeah, <laughs> Do you think the bubble has been pierced? Well, considering the staff isn't technically, you know, under the same standards. Uh, Outside of the staff. Probably. And once for, bubbles are pierced, we all know what happens. For, for, the, for, for the social benefit of the players, have, uh, have people been being let in? Probably. I'm guessing probably. Wouldn't people know that? Wouldn't that be something they could find out? Who the the Disney employees that are just grateful to have jobs? <laughs> the hotel detective. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, well, there are media members down there too, who are grateful to have that kind of access and are certainly not going to rock the boat. <laughs> They're not going to say, "Hey, so and so had a little visitor the other night." Or Chris day. Chris Paul's pulling players into rooms with just one single spotlight on them. Where were you? See, uh, I would I would bet you that uh, our boy Aaron Falk has been. Uh, let's see here. What's the nice way to put this? Tortured? I bet, I bet he's been um, uh, instructed to be oh. discreet. Yeah, but there are people down there who don't necessarily work for the teams who are, are there uh, via various. But they enjoy, you know, covering the NBA, you know, because <laughs> they wouldn't be for long if they, <laughs> I have a feeling if they violated some of the, the code, let's say, down there in the bowl. So if there's a code... In the bubble, there uh, are are said. Um, what's the word? What would you call them? Intruders. <laughs> um, By the way, we I, I feel like we need to mention again. We are completely speculating about this. We are. <laughs> this is one hundred percent speculation. They, are they, if there is a wink, wink deal going on, are those folks being tested? 
Um, there's so many responses to that 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 I could give. Um, for the for the COVID nineteen. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So okay. Now I'm on the spot here with this because we don't know. But would you, you're, you're guessing that there is there are shenanigans going on for the COVID nineteen. Just make that clear. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Gordon. I suspect. I don't know. Well, we've been talking about how college players it doesn't work because they're not in a bubble. The NBA players are in a bubble, and it's working. And the, the 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 percentage of players tested are it's coming back uh, really good news it looks like let's just concentrate so, on that so, so yeah but so if we're talking about college players who are social I'll use that word and that that could be some sort of threat to other other players what uh, what 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 about in in the bubble I mean are you is that a threat you would have to test. Whoever's coming in there under any circumstances. But this isn't something the NBA is talking about. You don't say. <laughs> They're not talking about it. And, and by the <laughs> way, I, you know, the bubble, I'm sure they've got their eye on things or whatever, but it's also not Leavenworth, you know. There's not like well, guard towers and, and people with long <laughs> rifles. I mean, <laughs> let's, not, let's not pretend like this situation is is that. You don't think there was any deal for, like, Disney to hire certain staff members? This conversation is so inappropriate and over. Okay. Are you? What are you uh, accusing Bob, Bob Iger of there, Gordon? <laughs> Get Bob on the phone. I just, if somebody, if somebody was, if an NBA player were lonely, would there be some accommodation? That's, that's what the, You've I'm got a way with words. You do, and it's called the internet. <laughs> Stay tuned. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.